The pick is in at number one. The big wild card. Great instincts. Quick high release point. Best player available. Create for others. One of the best shot blockers. Seven five wingspan. We have our first trade. I mean, he could end up going four. He could go five. Former Phoenix Suns general manager Ryan McDonough. But there's also a lot of talent, and in this draft, NBA champion Brian Scalabrini. I really like this pick. One of the future superstars. Raphael Barlow. Honestly, man, I'm I'm a Bancaro guy. And Richard Stamen. A flashy creator that can get to the rim. I, I want bucket getters. We welcome you back to our day three coverage of the 2022 Locked On Ultimate Mock Draft Show presented by Odyssey. I'm your host, Kainani Stevens. We're going to be joined by all of our experts once again as we go through picks 13 through 18 on day three. The Hornets have a couple of selections, so there could be some trade talks and some movement there as we want to weigh in on that. Odyssey expert, former Suns GM Ryan McDonough is going to join us, and he knows all about trading picks and what that requires to get things done. So we'll have some insight from him, as well as all of our Locked On NBA hosts who are making these selections and making these trades in our mock draft. And of course, we cannot forget our Locked On college hosts who also have all of that background information that you want to know especially on some of these players that are a little less well-known, so we don't quite know what they might be bringing to your NBA team. I'll be joined throughout our show by Raphael Barlow and Richard Stamen, both of Locked On NBA Big Board. Richard is Mavs Draft on Twitter. He's got all kinds of opinions, and he knows all of the background on all of these players that we're going to be discussing. And Raphael is taking over for NBABigBoard.com and the newsletter after Chad Ford has handed it over to him. So he has tons of insight for us as well on all of these selections. Kicking off day three here, Raphael and Richard back with us. We are doing picks 13 through 18. The Hornets have a couple here, the Cavs, the Hawks, Rockets, and Bulls. So what are we expecting? Raphael, do you have any predictions for what we might see go or any players we might see go here on day three? The Charlotte is in desperate need of a center. They're similar to the position San Antonio was in yesterday. And so I, I think you can almost guarantee Mark Williams to the Hornets. He went to school in North Carolina at Duke, so he doesn't have to move too far. So I think that is probably, if there was one pick that I was certain about for the rest of the draft, I, I think it would be Mark Williams playing with LaMelo Ball, giving them a, a vertical lap threat and a running mate. That could be an interesting pairing. Richard, do you feel like the Hornets um, are going to keep that second pick or where do you see them going with it if they do hold on to it? Yeah, I think they get their guy at 13 and Mark Williams, assuming this does happen, like Rafael predicted. They don't have a, a burning desire to keep 15. I could see them either moving out of the draft entirely, could see them moving back, maybe taking a late first. They, they have a mid-second round pick, so maybe they want something a little bit in the middle. I could definitely see it. I've, I think they should trade these picks. I've been saying that for a while, that these you don't use these two picks in three spots. That's something you get out of or move up with. Richard's always in the mood for a trade, or at least in Dallas, they're always in the mood for a trade. So that must be catching for you, I guess. Raphael, where do you feel like there is a big opportunity? Is there maybe a name you have on the top of your head that should be going here on day three that you think could have an impact? Oh, that's that's a good question. I mean, I think it starts with with what what Charlotte does with the second pick. I kind of disagree with Richard. I don't think Charlotte is in a position where they can give away picks. And so if you can find 
you know, like a, a young player that has a high upside, I would go for it. And like I said on the previous day, I feel like there's not that much of a difference once you get from 15 to 35. And there's still some guys that have incredible upside that will be on the board. So if I'm Charlotte, I'm, I'm still looking to, to find me a diamond in the rough. Richard, is this the part of the draft where we start seeing, you know, some European names that I've never heard of and can't pronounce or some, you know, random players that, you know, I didn't expect at this point? Or is there is this where we get some big surprises? Yeah, I think some European players are going to start coming over uh, in the draft. You look at guys like Nikola Jovic, Usman Jang, uh, maybe even Ismail Kamigate. I mean, those are three international guys that very well could all come over uh, in, or be picked in this range for today definitely some names to keep our eye on of course in terms of of who could have the best picks here i mean we see some some teams that are you know obviously in rebuild mode like houston and the hornets are made that little playoff push right there at the end of the season so how much can they add you know rafael i'll go with you first but how much can they add when they have such a young team to get obviously they as you mentioned they need that center role but is that something where this might be too much youth at a certain point yeah i could definitely see that and that's why i think you you take the best player available and you may be able to package that later on it may not be on draft day but maybe at let's say the trade deadline and you can consolidate some of your picks but they have guys like you said maybe too much youth you look at James Booknight last year, who I know Richard was very high on. He didn't really get the opportunity to play. And so, again, they I, I, on one hand, I feel like they should trade it later on. But there's a guy like Usman Jang, who I just think is too talented to, to pass up. And I think if they pass him up, I think they'll regret it. Richard, when I look, I'm looking at this list of who's going to pick today. And I see the Cavs. And obviously, they had their spurts last season where they were really good. And then you know, they really do need something. What do you think they're looking for in terms of adding there at 14? Yeah, I think they go one of two directions. They get a creator with high upside that's kind of raw this year, or they go with a shooter such as Oche Ogbaji. So I'm really hoping they they go with somebody who just fits right in with everything they have, right? With You have the shooter next to Evan Mobley, the big men. Uh, I, I just, I'm a big fan of that fit there. The pick is in at number 13. Mark Williams going to Charlotte. Locked on Hornets hosts Walker Mail and Doug Branson. Walk us through this selection. I'm Walker Mail alongside Doug Branson of the Lockdown Hornets podcast. And with the 13th pick in the ultimate mock draft, we decided to take Mark Williams, the center out of Duke. We tried to move up to go get Jalen Duran out of Memphis, but instead we settle for the second center on our board. And I think somebody that is a good pick at 13. Finally, the Hornets get their much needed center to defend the rim. And Doug, Mark Williams is pretty damn good at it. Yeah, and he won't necessarily be the, the starting center on, on night one for the Hornets, but he will add valuable depth and you know he has a lot he has a lot of prospects on the offensive end of the floor too the Hornets need help with rim protection defense he's going to do that the big question of course is you know as he moves forward in his career will he be able to switch up top you know we'll have to see on that but I think it's a solid pick overall yeah I think offensively he does have a little shooting touch to his game I think he can be a better passer than what he showed at Duke had the most dunks in all of college basketball that's fun and to put that alongside LaMelo Ball should be an excellent pick there at 13th overall 
And now let's hear from our Odyssey expert, NBA champion Brian Scalabrini, for his thoughts on the pick. With the 13th pick in the NBA draft, the Charlotte Hornets take Mark Williams out of Duke. Mark Williams, very similar to DeAndre Ayton, especially at a young age. A, a rim runner, vertical spacer. You can go over the top. Very good defensive player. Talks, coverages, communicates the back line to get people out of the paint. Meets guys early outside that restricted area. Goes up with two hands. Takes a hit and still can come in and block a shot, uses his left hand and his right hand to do it. Offensively, I like his touch. I like the way that he goes and tries to go through defenders, gets off his feet relatively quickly, can go over the top, catch the lob and throw it down. I really like this pick. Now with big man, it's, you gotta be patient with them. Even I think the great DeAndre Aiden took a couple years to kind of get the NBA game under his belt. But with, with this pick, the Hornets can have a legitimate shot blocker at the rim. And now we'll send it over to our college expert, J.J. Jackson, host of Locked On Blue Devils. Mark Williams, center, Duke University. Mark Williams was the best rim protector in the ACC last season. I'm J.J. Jackson, the host of Locked On Blue Devils. Williams made opposing teams think twice about coming into the paint while he was patrolling. His offensive game isn't complete, but he took high IQ and high percentage shots around the rim when he did decide to shoot. Mark Williams was the only player in college basketball this past season to shoot greater than 70% from the floor and free throw line. NBA teams will value Williams regardless as a potential elite rim protector in the years to come. Mark Williams, Duke University. Kickoff day three here with number 13, Mark Williams. The Hornets get their guy here. Raphael, we talked about this. They had two picks or they have two picks coming up, um, but at 13, they get their guy. Yeah, they didn't have to go too far to get him. Mark Williams provides an, an immediate impact. Not only did they get the best player available, but they filled a positional need. He'll be able to protect the rim, run the floor serve as a vertical lob threat guy that doesn't miss. I think he shot like 76% from the floor something crazy like that. So, I mean, for him, it's, it's the best situation. Again, he doesn't have to move. He's going to play with one of the best point guards in the league. And to start your career on the receiving end of LaMelo ball dimes in, it's not his home state, but in the state that you went to college in great fit. So I, I like it right there. The pick is in at number 14, Malachi Branham going to Cleveland. Locked on Cavs has more on this selection. Chris Manning here from the Locked on Cavs podcast. And with the 14th pick in the ultimate mock draft, the Cleveland Cavaliers select Malachi Branham guard from Ohio State University. Branham is an interesting prospect in that he has the right frame. 6'5", longer wingspan, the skills, shootings, and ball handlings, and versatility that the Cavs need. This is a roster and an organization really crying out for wing help, for versatility at the wing. They have their core pieces in Darius Garland and Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. We'll see what happens with Colin Sex in the summer and with Karis LeVert long-term here. But Branham is a guy that kind of seems to blend what they need into one guy. It's, there's some work to be done. He's 19. There's development that has to come with him. But when we're thinking about where he's going and you're thinking about what he could provide in a year or two years, he could be a piece that kind of fits alongside Garland, fits alongside Mobley, fits alongside Allen, 
hyperbionic spacing, defensive length, and really just kind of accentuating what those guys do well by providing something they don't. We'll see if this is the route they go, but this pick makes a ton of sense for Cleveland, especially if they're willing to take some time to develop him and maybe kind of use Carousel Vert this year as a placeholder for what Branham could be a year from now. Now we hear from our Odyssey expert for their analysis on the pick. The Cavs get a guy who's pretty familiar with Cleveland. There's no question about that. Malachi Branham is from Columbus. He came to Akron to play high school ball at LeBron James' alma mater, St. Vincent St. Mary High School for legendary coach Drew Joyce. Now, Branham wasn't really considered a one-and-done candidate when he went to Ohio State. It took him a while to get going. It wasn't until his 11th game of the season that he actually scored more than 11 points, but he finished really strong for the Buckeyes. 10 points or more in 14 of his last 16 games and 11 straight, so that really shot him up the draft boards. One skill that NBA teams just love, shooting, and that appears to be a strength for Malachi Branham. 50% for the Ohio State Buckeyes, just under 42% on threes. And that's where this really comes into play for the Cavaliers. They were eighth in field goal percentage in the regular season. Remember, they shot it well. They had big guys close to the hoop in Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. But they were 15th in three-point percentage, 35.5%. So they can use some outside shooting, and maybe Branham can help fill some of that. But they also need to sort out the backcourt. They have Darius Garland at point guard, no-brainer. But what happens at shooting guard? You add Branham, he's six foot five. So you love that length for a two guard. Could he possibly play over at the three spot, the small forward? We'll see. Karis Levert is there at the small forward spot, but also at the two guard spot. He goes both ways with that. He's six foot seven. He can also handle the ball, play a little bit of point. And he averaged 17 points a game last season with Indiana and the Cavaliers. So he can play the two or the three, as can Isaac Okoro. And the Cavs are still kind of waiting to see what they have with Isaac. Fifth pick in the 2020 draft. He's still only 21 years old. So even though his shooting improved last year, his scoring was down a little bit. His shooting percentages were way up. You hope he can really continue to move in that direction and give the Cavaliers yet another option. So in that backcourt, you also have Colin Sexton, restricted free agent, 24 points a game, hurt his knee early last season, and has recovered, ready to go, restricted free agent. What do the Cavs do? They have to sort through these guys. So Branham joins a group that really... Really has a lot of a lot of guys, and we'll see what the Cavs do with them. Lavert, Okoro, Colin Sexton, and now Malachi Branham, 14th pick, going to the Cavaliers. And now we'll send it over to our college expert, Jay Stevens, host of Locked On Buckeyes. Malachi Branham, guard, Ohio State. Branham quickly earned the nickname the flourishing freshman, playing his way to being named Big Ten Freshman of the Year. I am Jay Stevens, the host of Locked on Buckeyes. Malachi Branham possesses an old-school mid-range game a lot simply and easily to his sweet spot via a one or two dribble pull-up. He has the versatility to play and defend multiple positions, and he is comfortable, patient, and poised being the ball hand in the pick-and-roll game. Malachi Branham has a lot of things in his bag that make NBA executives excited about his future in the National Basketball Association. And number 14, Malachi Branham going to Cleveland. Richard, we talked a little bit earlier about what the Cavs need at this point to add to their roster. How do you feel about this selection? Yeah, it's a, you know, Ricky Rubio, when he went down for Cleveland, I feel like they suffered. And adding a guard that, you know, at high upside could help long-term get someone at the point guard position that can be a pretty good solution next to Darius Garland. So, uh, he is somebody who I, I buy his defense. A lot of people don't. I think he has good foot speed. He's never taken out of a play uh, due to effort. 
and his ability to fight around screens, I think is pretty advanced for somebody so young. He just has to put it all together. I think he could be a three-level scorer in some capacity. Uh, Just putting it all together and making it a large usage role for Brandon would make it a big hit. Breaking news, we have our second trade here of the mock draft as the Hornets trade down their second selection. The San Antonio Spurs move up. They will now make the pick at 15. They receive Kelly Oubre in the deal. The Hornets are going to make the selection at 20. They also get Jakob Pertl. Now at 15, Nikola Jovic is going to San Antonio. Locked on Spurs, Jeff Garcia is detailing how they made this deal happen. Jeff Garcia here from Lockdown Spurs Podcast with the number 15 pick in the ultimate mock draft. The San Antonio Spurs selected Nikola Jovic out of Serbia. Made a trade with Lockdown Hornets to move up the uh, Lockdown Mock NBA draft, uh, trading away Jakob Pertl and the number 20 pick. I think the Spurs definitely can use some more versatility at the forward power forward position. Six foot 11, 225 pounds, and just, as I said, versatility. He's an all-around combo forward, uh, a point forward, if you will. I think the Spurs need that. Again, size and versatility is an issue with the Spurs heading into the next season. I think this is where Jovic can come in and do well. Uh, You know, just, just versatile, athletic, runs the floor well. Good combination of size and length and has a really good feel for the game. Um, Has three-level score potential. And I think working with Chip England, the shooting coach in San Antonio, would do well for him. Uh, Again, just but overall, I think he fits exactly what the Spurs need. Good passer on the move. Court vision is great. Pick and roll, I I think this is all good. Just needs to add some more weight. Um, Not an an elite athlete, but nevertheless athletic enough. But I believe the Spurs would do well by uh, drafting an international player such as Nikola Jovic. And now let's hear from our Odyssey expert, former Phoenix Suns general manager, Ryan McDonough, for their analysis. So the top three picks in this year's draft were relatively as expected. There weren't any trades, but now the trades have started. And we have another one here with the 15th pick, the San Antonio Spurs deal for Nikola Jovic from Serbia. No, he is not related to Nikola Jokic, the two-time MVP. Jovic is a perimeter player. He was born in England where his father was a pro basketball player. He grew up playing water polo and basketball in Serbia. And this kid's a talented prospect. He was named the top prospect in the ABA League this season, one of the best in Europe. Uh, The deal, San Antonio gets this pick, 15, in which they took Nikola Jovic from Serbia. They also get Kelly Oubre, the wing, from Charlotte. In return, Charlotte gets the 20th pick in the draft. We'll see who they take coming up here in a few minutes. And Jakob Pertl. So Charlotte gets their center and Pertl in the 20th pick. San Antonio gets Ubre in this pick, number 15, in which they use to select Nikola Jovic, the Serbian wing. Now, we know San Antonio and their history with international players, and Jovic will fit right in with their group. He has very good size. He measured six, nine and a half barefoot, and he's long. He's got a seven-foot wingspan, but he is a perimeter player. He played primarily point guard on this team, Mega, a team owned by Serbian super agent Misko Raznatovic, who's developed a lot of young players who have come into the NBA and had a good amount of success. This kid's a pretty well-rounded player for his age, especially offensively. He put up impressive numbers of points, rebounds, and assists in the Adriatic League. And I like, with his size and length, he'll be able to get his shot off over the top of NBA defenses. He's got that good size, as well as a pretty quick release. 
Now, on, on, the, on, the, on the weaknesses, he's not quite athletic enough yet for an NBA perimeter player. He doesn't elevate much around the basket. So like with most teenagers coming into the league, that body will take some time to develop. And also as a shooter, I'd say he was average uh, from three and from the free throw line, but it'll need to get better, especially as a guy who will struggle uh, being weaker than his opponents in the NBA level. He'll need to improve his shot and get stronger. Uh, but this is a talented kid. He's a well-rounded kid. He's produced for the Serbian junior national team and then in the Adriatic League. Uh, so he's an interesting prospect. And as we know, that now that they have him with the 15th pick, nobody develops young international players better than the San Antonio Spurs. And now we'll send it over to our college expert, Richard Stamen, who is our host for Locked On NBA Big Board. Hi, this is Richard Stamen from the Locked On NBA Big Board show. You can also find me on Twitter at Mavs Draft. What makes Nikola Jovic so special, you look at some sleepers and what they have, you want to find these elite skills for these sleeper prospects. Nikola Jovic is a 6'11 shot creator, doesn't play a ton of defense, but when you have a 6'11 guy who can create his own shot, has a dynamic three-point shot with a beautiful stroke, he's somebody who could easily check out as a sleeper in the first round, could go as high as the late lottery, could also slip in the first round just because of those defensive concerns and also not much of a finisher. But if simply his three-point shooting and creation ability translates, you're looking at an NBA sleeper that could impact the game right away. Here at 15, we have Nikola Jovic going to San Antonio. Rafael, how do you see this here? We talked about Charlotte making that trade, and indeed they did. And now with this pick, going to San Antonio. I like it. I like what San Antonio has done so far. One of their biggest areas of need coming into this offseason was adding some front court help. They started Doug McDermott at the four. And so based off of what they've done today in the draft, you address the needs. You got Nikola Jovic, who I think is one of the most versatile players in the draft. You have Jalen Duran, who was selected at number nine. I can see this combination doing some four or five pick and rolls. And if Jovic develop some consistency as a shooter we're talking about a guy that's 6'10 that can handle the ball make plays for others and I like how he has this little edge to him I, mean, I think it's pretty common with Serbian players but I really like the pick and so far based off what we have right now I'm thinking San Antonio is winning the draft the pick is in at 16 Tari Eason going to Atlanta locks on Hawks host Brad Roland has more on the selection Brad Rowland here from the Locked On Hawks podcast, and with the number 16 overall pick in the Ultimate Mock Draft, the Atlanta Hawks select Tari Eason, forward from LSU. I consider this to be mostly a flat draft in this range, but uh, Eason is a pretty interesting player at this point. I was excited that he fell to me at this point in the draft, and it's a very good value for the Hawks grabbing a player that should be checking a lot of boxes in a positive sense in the NBA. He's a tremendous defensive prospect, generates a lot of activity, a lot of stocks, a lot of deflections and playmaking on that end of the floor. He's a very big and physical athlete that should be versatile and effective defensively in a hurry in the NBA. He's also an excellent rebounder, which should help the Hawks in a lot of different ways. And athletically, he translates a lot to his offense as well with the ability to attack the rim and really the willingness to attack the rim and the physicality to actually pull it off and finish effectively in the NBA. There are some questions with his jump shot, to be sure, but the Hawks are looking for a player that boosts their defense around Trey Young. And Easton is the best player available choice for me at this slot as the number one guy left on my board. He checks a lot of boxes for the Hawks. He's the best player available choice. He's a very talented player. I'd actually have him higher than this on my personal board. And with all that said, Tari Eason to the Hawks at number 16 overall. Now we hear from our Odyssey expert for their analysis on the pick. 
There is a lot of uncertainty this offseason with the Atlanta Hawks. And as the NBA draft approaches, they currently have the 16th overall pick. One person they could be looking at is Tari Eason out of LSU, who's an elite defender with size and athleticism. He averaged 17 points a game along with seven rebounds, two blocks and two steals for the Tigers this year. Eason has all the physical tools that NBA teams dream of, 6'8 with the wingspan, and he's highly athletic both in speed and vertical athleticism. The crazy thing about Tari Eason is he absolutely has massive hands being the only player to measure with 11-inch with hands. For reference, Kawhi Leonard measured at 11.25 and is known for his enormous hands. This helps him block shots, palm the ball, and get his hands on loose balls as well. Eason's bread and butter is defense, and it's something the Hawks are looking for, which makes him a viable candidate to be the 16th overall pick. He's shown strong on-the-ball defense against ball handlers, and he excels in off-ball defense. He's a big-time playmaker on both ends of the court and also turns defense into offense. Tari Eason is a textbook energy guy, playing at 100 miles per hour all the time. One of the concerns with Eason moving to the NBA is he's still an unpolished offensive unit. He can handle the ball, but he handles it loosely and often turns the ball over when he gets ahead of himself. He's not yet a shooter off the dribble, but in the NBA, he'll likely be an off-the-ball role player. Eason is projected to be drafted in the first round, likely between 13 and 18, which is perfect for the Atlanta Hawks, who currently hold the 16th overall pick. The Hawks are still looking for depth, size, elite defense, and it's something that Tari Eason brings to the table. If the Atlanta Hawks are looking for size and an elite defender who can guard positions one through four, they'll draft Tari Eason out of LSU. And now we'll send it over to our college expert, Caroline Fenton, our host of Locked On LSU. Tari Eason, forward LSU. LSU had one of the top defenses in college basketball this past year, and that's in large part because of Tari Eason's defensive contributions. I'm Caroline Fenton, host of Locked On LSU, and Tari Eason's incredibly gifted defensively. He uses his 6'8 frame, his 7'2 wingspan, and his just massive hands to his advantage because he's incredibly athletic and incredibly physical. Tari Eason averaged about 11 rebounds per 40 minutes, but doesn't just do it defensively. He can also get buckets as well. He was averaging almost 17 points a game, earned himself SEC Sixth Man of the Year honors, because he can just do it on both ends. And he's also got those intangibles. Overall, he just has that drive to win, just something that you can't coach. He has that drive and he has that will to just always go the extra second, always go the extra mile. So Tari Eason will be able to help out whichever team he lands, both offensively and defensively. Number 16, we see Tari Eason going to Atlanta. Richard, how do you feel about this fit here for the Hawks? Yeah, on paper, you know, this is a guy who could be a top 10 talent in this class. It kind of goes back to what they did last year in, in the draft with Atlanta. They took Jalen Johnson, just a pure upside swing, some question marks about his feel for the game and overall intangibles. But you look at the talent on the court, he measured at the with the biggest hands in the draft, which is remarkable considering those, it's usually the centers that do so, and he's a forward. But he's switchable on defense, great athlete, great in transition, can blow by defenders, get separation, and could be a little bit of a playmaker, um, can take contact. Big things is just 
learning the game a little bit more and putting it all together. And Atlanta is a good development spot for him. The pick is in at 17. Marjan Beauchamp is going to Houston with their second pick. Locked on Rockets host Jackson Gatlin has more for us on this edition. Jackson Gatlin here from the Locked on Rockets podcast. And with the 17th overall pick in the ultimate mock draft, the Houston Rockets select Marjan Beauchamp of the G League Ignite. Look, Beauchamp is absolutely something that the Rockets desperately need right now, which is size on the wing. He's an incredibly physically gifted wing with all the tools, all the skills to be an incredibly high-level role player at the NBA level. There might be some question marks about his outside shooting right now, but he has incredible on-ball defense, incredible hustle, rebounding, size at his position, and, and the sky is truly the limit for him. He excels when playing off the ball, which is exactly the type of skill set that you want to add when you already have a guy like Jalen Green, and if you're picking up another guy like Paolo Bencaro. And now let's hear from our Odyssey expert, Adam Spillane from Sports Radio 610 in Houston for his analysis. Marjan Beauchamp might be a bit of a reach with the 17th pick, but at six foot five with a 7'1 wingspan, he is the type of versatile player the Rockets love and frankly need. He averaged an efficient 15 points per game last season as a member of the G League at night, and while he's not going to run your offense, he can be a solid secondary playmaker who can get downhill and make plays for others. He can also grab a rebound and push the ball up the floor, which is an important skill to have for a Rockets team that is always looking to push the pace. Off the ball, Beauchamp can get you buckets as a cutter or by attacking closeouts but he shot just 24% from behind the three-point line last season, so that's an area that must improve for him to be an impactful player. On the defensive end of the floor, Beauchamp is exactly what the Rockets need. He's an excellent on-ball defender who has the size to defend bigger guys and the quickness to stay with smaller guards, and the Rockets allowed a league-worst 116.4 points per 100 possessions last season. With Eric Gordon still on the roster, Beauchamp won't start on day one for the Rockets, but he'll have an opportunity to get minutes off the bench at the three position. Gordon, who is in the final year of his contract, will turn 34 on Christmas Day, and he missed 25 games last season with the Rockets electing to hold him out of back-to-backs, so there will be plenty of minutes available to Beauchamp over the course of the season. He becomes the Rockets' sixth first-round draft pick in the last two years, but he is the first wing of the six. Jalen Green and Josh Christopher are guards, while Paolo Bancaro, Alperin Shengun, and Usman Garuba are bigs. He's actually the oldest of the six, but Beauchamp has a clear path to a role with the team, but the big key will be improving his three-point shot. If he can't become at least a league-average shooter from long distance, it will be hard for him to exist in Steven Silas's five-out offense. Number 17, the Rockets take Marjan Beauchamp. Raphael, we know how you felt about the Rockets' first pick, but how do you feel about their second pick? Eh, I'm not too big of a fan of, of the fit. I think if I'm Houston, I probably would have went with someone like Usman Jang or maybe even Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. Marshawn, Marjan is someone that he, he can score the ball without necessarily having a high usage. So I understand it there. I think that... It's just such a, a gamble with his shooting and or lack thereof shooting. And I think with Houston, I would have went with someone that, that should be able to come in and knock down some open shots. 
and be a more so of someone that can be a, a complimentary player to the stars that they already have. And I don't know if Marjan is that guy. So I'm kind of shaky on the pick. The pick is in at 18. EJ Liddell going to Chicago. Locked on Bulls hosts now have more on this pick for their team. I'm Hayes. That's Pat the Designer. We're here from Locked On Bulls. And with the 18th pick in the ultimate mock draft, the Chicago Bulls select EJ Liddell. Now, EJ Liddell is a small forward, power forward combination from Ohio State. Uh, Pat, what do you think about the pick? I think EJ's a player that's going to make an impact quickly on the Chicago Bulls. He provides a lot of what we need. And because he was a multi-year guy, you know how I feel about those multi-year guys. I think guys that stay in college a little bit longer, develop a little bit better. And so quickly, he's going to be able to come into this team, of course, off of the bench, right? Backing up Patrick Williams, give you some good rebounding, maybe even slide in at the four a little bit. Uh, and maybe Patrick Williams playing at the three, kind of putting him in his natural position, adding some depth off of that bench. I'm really excited to see what he's going to bring to the Chicago Bulls this upcoming season. Absolutely. Uh, 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 just a player that goes and gets it. He can shoot some, put the ball on the floor, pass some, can do some shot blocking. I actually think he's going to play a lot of four. And then considering what we know what Billy Donovan does, he may even play some small ball five at times, providing a little bit of matchup uh, things there. So we'll see what he does. But we're really excited about this pick. And now let's hear from our Odyssey expert, Rick Camp from 670 The Score in Chicago for his analysis. EJ Liddell is a name that's been linked to the Bulls plenty, and I completely understand why. At 6'7", with nearly 7-foot wingspan, he's a guy that obviously played a lot more physical than that size in college, and that should help with the role the Bulls would need him to play. When Patrick Williams got hurt and was out a majority of the season, they had to rely on 6'4", Javante Green, with a really inconsistent shot to start at the 4 for them that really caused issues throughout the season. While Adele averaged almost 20 points in college, he's going to have to change the way he scores a little bit compared to what he did at Ohio State. His ability to develop the three-point shot at the NBA distance is going to be critical because with as much as Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan like to work in the mid-range, it makes it that much more important for all the other players be able to stretch the floor to maximize the space inside the arc for Levine and DeRozan. With both of those guys as well, the Bulls need as many options as possible that can play good defense because DeMar DeRozan has never been known for his defense. And while Zach Levine's has improved, it still needs plenty of work. When the Bulls want to go small, the fact that Liddell does play pretty physically should help out and make him an option for them. However, I worry about his lateral quickness, especially when he gets taken out in space by some wings. Because while he's learning on second units and trying to improve his technique, he could be exposed. And especially when you think of someone like Kobe White, that if he's still on the roster, would more than likely be on the second unit. The Bulls need those defensive options, like I mentioned before. With that said, if you told the Bulls they could get a rotation player that can play bigger than his size out on the wing, provide a little bit of rim protection, and be able to put the ball in the hoop a little bit, they would take that in a heartbeat, and Liddell should be able to provide that. And now we'll send it over to our college expert, Jay Stevens, host of Locked on Buckeyes. Forward, Ohio State. EJ Liddell did a little bit of everything for the thing to being a time all-conference performer. I am Jay Stevens, the host of Locked on Buckeyes, and EJ Liddell's physicality and versatility allow him to score 
on all three levels. He's making plays with his back to the relentlessness in transition defense helped him be the leader in blocks per game in the Big Ten Conference. E.J. Liddell's skill set is something that NBA coaches would love to add to the roster, and they're excited about his future in the National Basketball Association. We close out day three with pick number 18, E.J. Liddell going to be going to Chicago. Richard, what's your thoughts here with our pick at 18 for the Bulls? Yeah, I get the Bulls want to get a forward here, but I actually don't like to pick that much. I worry about EJ Waddell's game translating. He was very good at Ohio State, but you know he has some turnover issues. He struggles to guard slashers, especially guards that drive to the rim. I think he gets put in quicksand and he gets exposed pretty quickly. And overall, I just don't know how much I trust the jump shot. There are some mechanical issues there with his guide hand. So interested to see how he adapts in a very low usage role in a star-powered Chicago team with DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, potentially Nikola Vucevic, uh, if he's on the move, you know, there's a lot of translations that he has to make to his game, and I don't know if he makes the jump. The selections are in for day three as we recap number 13 through 18. We saw a trade there by the Hornets. Richard, how did you feel? Obviously, the Hornets got their guy originally. Do you feel like they got good value with you know, trading down and uh, get sending off 15. Yeah, I think they still did a good job. They they upgraded their center position, not only with Mark Williams, but they also got Jakob Pertl, somebody who I think is the one of the most underrated players in the league. They now have a great front court compared to what they had this last year, arguably the worst front court. So I love the improvements they made with just one pick, really. Raphael, we know you like what the Spurs are doing. Obviously, you are clearly a big fan of that. How do you feel like their pick today, as well as their as their pick earlier in this draft, how will they have an immediate impact on the team? Yeah, I just think that they've addressed their, their biggest need. I mean, they had a lot of redundancy at, at the wing spots and guards. And like I said, they started Doug McDermott at the four, which is not his natural position. So you get you know, you get more, you get younger and more athletic with, with Jalen Duran. And then with Jovic, I mean, he is kind of like a, a jack of all trades. You had some versatility. I love the idea of him and Duran running four or five pick and rolls. I absolutely love that pairing there. So San Antonio so far, they've passed Houston as the team that I think is winning the NBA draft. Richard, is there anyone here on day three um, with these picks that you see could, you know, have an immediate impact that you're going to, that we're going to look back at the end of the season and be like, that was a great fit. Yeah, this is very low hanging fruit, but I mean, Mark Williams in Charlotte, I think he's somebody, you just look at the great fit with Lamelo Ball. Raphael talked about it, but I, I just, you look at somebody who can also pass. I think that's going to be unlocked. When you play next to Lamelo Ball, you got to learn how to pass and practice. And that's an, that's a hidden area for him being on that star studded Duke team. There's a lot of upside for them and, who knows what will happen with Mason Plumley? He's also a good passer. Maybe he replaces Mason Plumley very quickly in that Charlotte lineup. Raphael, I know you didn't really like the Rockets' second pick. Who is there a name that maybe fell out of this third round that or third day of draft coverage that you feel like should have been selected? Yeah, I'm gonna piggyback off something Richard said probably on day two. Ota Agbaji. I mean, he feels a need as a guy that is low usage but it can come down the floor and he can score in transition he can knock down open shots and he can defend and with with marjan they went with a low usage guy but they went with a low usage guy 
that can't shoot. So I would have went with Agbaje if I were Houston. Richard, is there any pick um, from this third round that you feel like was just a third day that you just feel like was a big mistake here or maybe a big loser on day three? Yeah, the last two picks of day three were pretty rough. I didn't like the Beauchamp fit in Houston, and I really didn't like the EJ Liddell fit in Chicago. I thought with OJ Agbaji on the board, I thought that was just the easiest pick to make, and uh, they went with a a player who's going to have a little harder of a time translating into the role they're going to be playing him in. Raphael, who do you feel like um, would have – obviously we talked about Agbaji going earlier if that was available, but – what kind of fit in terms of, you know, what team do you think he would do best on at this point? I think he would fit on a, a, a winning team, a team that already has a defined pecking order because he has a, at the minimum, a role as a three and D floor spacer. So maybe falling in the draft puts him in a better position to go to a, a team where his, his skill set will be best used. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, I don't know. I'm just not a fan of the Houston pick. And I just think that they need some guys that will come in and knock down open shots. And that's just not what they got. Raphael Liddell going to Chicago. How do you feel like, obviously Richard's not a huge fan of it. I don't know if Chicago fans are going to be a huge fan of it. What do you feel like they should have done there? Obviously Agbaji was an option that they didn't take, but do you feel like there was any other name that would have fit well there? Yeah, Chicago needs help at, at the five. They, they don't have a lot of depth at the five spot. And I think you could have got someone like Ishmael Kamagate, someone that can come in and, and give you backup minutes early and then possibly be your starter if, if Vucevic is moved. And Liddell can play some center, but he's very undersized. And I think that Agbaji, not Agbaji, Kamagate has a higher upside and he is you know, your rim runner, your athletic big that brings energy. And similar to Mark Williams in Charlotte, you could have Kamagate playing the same role in the second unit with Lonzo Ball. And so I would have went with some size if I were the Bulls. Day three of mock draft coverage has come to a close. The Hornets will make their selections on day four as we look at picks 19 through 24. And all of our Odyssey experts, including Brian Scalabrini, will be back with us. So stay tuned for that.